is. It's another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, the Kyle Corver of the podcast, International, Ian Lamont Morgan. Sharp shooting out here in these streets. Kyle Corver with the the pot, boy. Pot. (laughs) Thank you, Ian. And joining us from the Nasty Natty. I'm going to call him the Kevin Love of the podcast. Hey. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Hey, hey, you know, Kevin Love has stepped up these last two games, so I'll take that, Malcolm. I'll take it. And you already know who it is, the LeBron James. Oh. My back is sore from carrying these two all the time. <laughs> it's your boy, <laughs> Malcolm Morgan, joining you from Columbus, the capital city. How's everybody doing today? I'm good. I'm get you some just for men, LeBron. Uh, oh, man. It'd probably be a game. Just for men would just be the color. He, you know, he needs something to, to grow it back. You know, I don't know what okay. he's been trying. Man, LeBron got the genetically engineered uh, Kevin Durant naps. <laughs> oh, trying to sow seeds. Man, I'm good. I'm up here baby worn, but I'm good. That's right. How's, uh, how's, uh, new baby doing you know what new baby's amazing i got him watching film just uh kind of getting ready you know his eyes haven't fully developed yet but he'll at least know the sounds of the court you know just got him uh smelling turf knowing the difference between that you know the artificial and, and the normal grass just uh training up a child in the way that he should go you know what i'm saying yeah we hear you in we hear thanks, you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. We're getting all the sleep. We're getting all the sleep for you, Ian. We're, uh, you know, we feel your pain. We're just, we're getting all the rest that we can. Appreciate that. Uh, you can live vicariously through us. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so we've got a lot of talk, a lot to talk about, but we're going to start off with the NBA Finals. Oh, it's a sad time in Cleveland right now. The Warriors are up 2-0. Everyone knows about that tough game one loss. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about game two where the Warriors were able to pull away in the second half. But let's focus a little bit of our attention on game one. Um, I think we can all agree that we were shocked, dismayed, upset, <laughs> offended, hurt <laughs> uh, by the result of game number one. Oh, God. Um, how, how do you think the Cavs are going to be able to bounce back from that coming back into Cleveland? For game three, it's it's such a tough. Uh, it's a t- any loss is tough in the finals, but the way that they lost, um, how can they possibly recover from this and and try to pull the series out? They can't. Uh, period. Like, oh, man. Uh, I mean, here's the deal. Hot take. Here, right. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I you know I love my brother Brian, and I mean I was heartbroken for him. Uh, game one that they that they dropped a 51 point you know game now granted I did say on this podcast that I was taking Warriors in five so that did help uh, my my predictions however uh, me being a LeBron fan I wanted my predictions to be wrong anyways um, and, and the way that the Cavaliers played first the first game I mean I was going through the stats and there was nothing that really truly separated um the the Warriors from the Cavs that game except that their scoring was a little bit more evened out amongst amongst them all where LeBron carried the Cavs with 51 um but at the end of the day I think them 
pulling this game one. And if they win that game, who knows how this whole series shakes because now Golden State would have been down 0-1, having a must-win game two. You know, that could have altered, you know, a lot. It's still them not having Iggy. Now, of course, JaVale McGee did play well game two, but um, that I think that was the Cavs' only shot, um, was winning game one and really shocking the world, um, you know, taking game one. No one expected them to take game one. I didn't expect it, um, but they came out, and I, I just kept looking to myself like, okay, when is it going to come? When is it going to happen? Um, that the Cavs are going to get, you know, curried or they're going to get Duranted or whatever. When is it coming? And I was thinking, okay, third quarter, they started hot, and it still didn't happen. I'm like, man, the Cavs are hanging around. And, um, you know, and then you just have what I what I call just the epitome of a heartbreak when it comes to the refs overturning that call, which I think is complete, total BS. Um, if that was Jordan, I don't think they overturned that. If it's Bird, Magic, <laughs> any of them, they don't overturn that call. Oh, but now they want to go back and you know and, and overturn a call which was crucial in that moment. Of course, George Hill gets fouled, misses that second free throw. Uh, there is a lane violation that they don't call. Um, you know, and of course, we all know the the rest of the story with with Jr. still on his Hennessy. So. Um, in the in the end, like I just don't think they overcome that. I mean, Le- even LeBron talks about that being one of the most heartbreaking losses, and I just don't think they bounce back. Now, do I think they'll get one game? Yeah, but uh, I don't think they bounce back uh, from that. Honestly, I wish I could say I could see a way that they could. You know, Tyron Lewis saying Rodney hit Rodney Hood's going to play a little bit more. He's going to get a shot in Game Three. Does not give me any more hope. Um, so I just. I don't see it, you know, at any given time, if Steph goes off, if Clay goes off, if Kevin Durant goes off, your only hope is to outscore them. And the Cavs just don't have enough offensive power unless LeBron puts up another 60 points, uh, you know, 50, 60, whatever, uh, to, to really outlast the, that Warriors team. So uh, I'll talk about this because you asked, Malcolm, but um, this is definitely like – you know, peeling back bandages from repressed memories. And, uh, oh, you know, it's, there's a lot of trauma. Yeah. I'll be honest, y'all. I um I was in near tears after game one. Like, you know, just to know. Um, I knew as soon as, you know, it was announced that it was going to overtime that that was, that was ball game. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, now, we, I have an issue with the fact that I knew that it was ball game after that. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe we could get to that a little bit later, you know, some other time. But if that's the 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 Mr. Big Shot uh, Detroit Pistons, I don't think that the game is over. If that's Kobe mm-hmm. and Shaq or Kobe and Powell Lakers, I don't think that the game is over. I mean, I understand that these are different squads and everything like that. But, you know, there's there's some teams that I should not have believed that my team would have no fight in overtime. But. Like I said, you know, we can we can get to that some other time. Some conversations about leadership, some things that happened in the huddle after the NBA released that video. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was it was it was some disturbing stuff. Again, I don't blame anything on Brian, but um you like to see a guy that's getting in everybody's ear saying, you know what, let's keep rolling because we still got a shot at this. We too close to give up now. But um the game itself, man, JR Handog, I just <laughs> I just, I'm be honest, man. I, after that game, I watched so many of his NBA blunders and stuff that I, I think I'm more of a fan of his now. 
because he managed to stay in the league and keep getting big contracts. It's like I, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> so um, I don't, no comments on that. Whole lot of things, you know. Folks should have taken timeouts. All of that, all of that went down. But um, uh, yeah, I'm with Keith. You know, there was there was a lot of things that happened to be encouraged from. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to, you know fight uh, a bucket for bucket with them because uh, we, we did hold them um, relatively. We held them um, in regulation in a way that I, I think, you know, yeah, they, they may have been rusty coming off of that, uh, that, that series with Houston and they still had to make their adjustments. But given the deficit of talent that we have on offense, mm-hmm. there had to have been some positive things happening on defense to be able to hold them like that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I, I was encouraged by the way the game game one went, uh, game two not so much. But, you know, coming back home, I think there's some things you can hang your hat on. LeBron, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I can't say enough. He could have went for 70. Got to remember that's a pass first guy. This is understand all these records and accolades that we're talking about. This is a primarily pass first guy, and he's breaking your scoring records. It's crazy. It's nuts. But um, yeah, it was tough to see that go to waste. Uh, big blow. Unlike Keith, I don't think the series is over though. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna quick digress from the topic. When are we gonna stop saying that he's a pass first guy? So he's about to break the all. He's gonna be the all-time leading scorer in the league. Can we, like, can we, can we get rid of that narrative that he's a pass first? Yeah, I don't guy? think he's a pass first guy either. <laughs> okay, he's a I mean, he's he, a pass oriented player. Like his 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 main mode of thought in approaching the game is play make, not necessarily score. But he's just so true. he's he's so good at scoring that a lot of the times, why not call your own number? But we it's seen, like this really. It's like this really weird narrative around Kobe where it's like, oh, Kobe was great offensive player and a lockdown defensive player. Was, no. That's just not true. No, he yeah, was not a lockdown defender. That that's, that's just not even true. He did what like, he it, worked hard on defense, though. Yeah, and he had moments. Yeah. But a lot of us, a lot of a lot of great players have moments. But look, that's not that. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I, I, I digress too much. No, it's, uh, it's very true. LeBron has chase downs as well. He's not yes, a great defender. No. We, we could get rid of that one, too, while we had it. Well, okay. Well, uh, this is a debate for another time. But um, those <laughs> Miami fun. years, yeah, Miami that, that, LeBron, that's, that's a different LeBron. That is. I mean, he was he was shutting down Derrick Rose. You, you don't, I've never I have never seen that in my life. Six eight two sixty shutting down point guards. That was nuts. Could basically guard one through four, one through five. I mean, anyway, that we are way off topic. Uh, <laughs> Cavaliers. So. The most painful thing to me about game one is that you wasted 72 combined points from Kevin Love and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, that that hurts. I know I know that hurt LeBron. Of course. I mean, he laid it he laid it out there and he put on put up an efficient 51 points. 19 of 32, 3 of 7 from 3. I, you can't ask too much more of him. Nope. Broke his career high in in final scoring against the greatest team ever assembled. Mm-hmm. Um, when you waste effort like that, it demoralizes the team. But I think the bigger thing is that it 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 demoralizes your star because he's like, what else do I have to do? 
I mean, he's been carrying them all. I mean, he pl- he played 48 minutes, uh, including overtime, and they took him out um, in the last three or so minutes of overtime when that game was out of reach. But when you have your superstar giving you that kind of game, and it gets and it gets wasted by boneheaded plays, missed free throws, bad calls. Um, not even to mention the overtime call of tossing Tristan Thompson on that bogus flagrant two. Yep. I mean, I look, I understand they're trying to control the game and keep things from getting out of hand, but to throw a guy out for that, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yep. People want to talk about this current crop of NBA players being soft, but that's that's not players. That's on the officials, and that's on the league um, for cr- trying to crack down so hard on this stuff. Um and later downgrading it. And then, yeah, exactly. And then later having to downgrade it. It's it's just ridiculous. And then you have all the stuff that happened after that because Tristan was called for a bad call. So yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's just a bad sequence of events. I I have a I, I agree with Ian to an extent. I mean, you have to find a way to bounce back, but we have never seen anything like that happen at the end to end of a game in regulation ever. Ever. Like imagine Imagine the Chris Webber timeout happening, and then they have to play an overtime in the NBA like Finals. Right? Yeah. I mean, that would have just been. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't imagine what frame of mind you have to be in, especially. I mean, that game was basically over. Yeah. It should have been over. Yep. Um, and then I heard the narrative that LeBron shouldn't have made that pass to George Hill. That's First stupid. Of all, that's bogus. Oh, that's, that's bogus. Thing. It was the absolute right play to make. If if Clay Thompson doesn't foul him, he has an easy layup. Um, you know, we could talk about George Hill missing the free throw, but at the end of the day, they got the offensive rebound. So you yep. can't complain about that. We yep. got the offensive rebound. Yep. I just I just don't know what man. And then and then I'm was, sitting here like go ahead. sorry, Malcolm. Like I just if you see Jay, like as a coach, like because Le- LeBron went through the whole narrative one more time, and I think it just happened like today, um, when you know he's just like he's talking about how in shock he was that like Jr. is dribbling out the ball, honestly. But like as a coach on that sideline, you also have to like like why in the world was there no? If you know there's a timeout and you have a shot. Um, why not call a timeout when Jr. starts dribbling the ball out? You still have at least three seconds left, at least, um, to get mm-hmm. a playoff to try to get LeBron the ball, just for him to put up one more heroic shot potentially, just to give him a shot. Um, but but yeah, that that also blew my mind too. Like you know the you know Ty Lue knew he had a timeout and he just did not call it. And, and I get, I get, I, I was talking to somebody on social media saying, why didn't they just call the timeout as soon as he got the rebound? And right. I said, well, the obvious thing is you want to take take advantage of the scramble that right. no one expects that free throw not to go in, right? And then for the Cavs to get the offensive rebound, so you want to take advantage of the scramble instead of calling a timeout and then having to run a play against a set Golden State defense. Um, so they had you had the opportunity because. When that offensive rebound happens, then everybody is immediately in scramble mode trying to find the closest guy. Um, and there's going to be somebody open, whether it's the guy that makes the rebound or you could see in the re- in the constant replays. LeBron is LeBron wide open is at the top wide of the key. Open. Yep. Yep. He's yep. wide open. And even JR, um, in the scramble of him starting to dribble out, the everybody is running away from the basket to get to somebody. Um, so he had an opportunity to either do a pump 
pump fake and get a foul, get some kind of layup or floater, something. Um, but man, so I so to answer my own question, I have no I, I I'm having a hard time seeing how the Cavs recover from this. Mm-hmm. Um But here's what I think that they can do. I agree that they need to play Rodney Hood, and I hope that it is to get Jordan Clarkson out of the rotation. Because um, as I said in our preview of the finals, Jordan Clarkson is terrible. He cannot make a basket, and he has done nothing to disprove any of that. <laughs> and as long as Rodney Hood wants to play basketball, he needs to play basketball right now. Because he can't be worse than Jordan Clarkson. He just can't. And the, he and absolutely can't. But the thing about Clarkson is that like a lot of these are open shots he's taking. Some of them. Yes. Let me say some of them. And he's just, he can't buy a basket. Can't buy can't one. Can't hit Layups, nothing. Floaters, and it's, give me's, nothing. It's like he, and it's like he's a completely different person. When they first got him, he was hitting threes, yes, wide open. You're like, oh, this is this is exactly what we needed. Yep. And then I use this reference a lot, and Ian will recognize it. He just got monstered, <laughs> starting in like April. Worst he got monstered. J.R. Smith got more monstered. The only person that got his talent back was Tristan Thompson for yes. some strange reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we essentially traded Clarkson Hood <laughs> for for Tristan Thompson for the old Tristan Thompson. And uh, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, I, Jordan, I tried to take up for you, bro. Um, I thought maybe I thought maybe you had a surge left in you. I thought maybe you could bottleneck some of that energy. And the energy, the energy is is welcome. It's just the fact that you don't know what to do with it is uh, no and idea. You don't make shots. I don't know. Another guy I think he needs to get more PT. Uh, Larry Nance is just the trouble being. Yes. Um, whether it's he or Tristan, I mean, there's so little offensive productivity yeah. there um, that even when he's bringing great energy on the offense and defensive end. Because uh, he had some plays even in game two, uh, you know, just with guys that come in, come into the hole that you need. And with JaVale McGee eating uh, – are we talking about game two yet? We, yeah, we can talk about game two. Oh, God. Um, yeah, you, you can't have JaVale McGee and Sean Livingston eating like that. No. You, um, that that was the killer then. I mean, KD played a brilliantly efficient, efficient game. Steph was Steph. Um, I but was, let's be clear. Let's be clear. If they're going to play uh, JaVale McGee, go ahead. You, I will set the table for JaVale McGee. I'll take that shot anytime. But it, not, not No, but he was dunks. getting dunks. Yeah, he was getting dunks. Yeah, no, you can't give that But up. even those even those are not gimmies <laughs> for JaVale McGee. No, 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 no. If I want JaVale if McGee they, taking the fadeaway jumpers that he'll take. <laughs> if I want anybody, I want, I want Draymond Green shooting those threes. Absolutely. Uh Hitting the side of the backboard, and I want JaVel McGee with the ball in his hand as much as as possible. But but to let's me, just, nah, but to my point, a, nah. let's 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 double team Curry and KD, and you know what? Let everything else just happen. How it's gonna happen? Well, Michael, everybody <laughs> got off in game two. That was yep. the issue. Yep. Is, yeah. that, is that you know nobody nobody had an off night, and I don't. I feel like we didn't make it hard on anybody in game two either. Um, and you look at Clay, like, you know, um, somebody has to be the casualty. Uh, against Boston, you know, there was a concentrated effort to take Jalen Brown out of the series at some point. Um, and that worked to the advantage. Now, some of it, he was just off, everything like that. But uh, you you disrupted his rhythm. 
Um, you have to. I'm of the opinion you you got to pick one of those guys. Um, yeah, you're gonna try to stick to stuff like glue. It hasn't been working because that negro <laughs> that negro was wide open all game too. Um, yeah. Go. This uh, this line of thinking is dangerous that you're that you're going down right now. This we got look, we got to focus on somebody. Well, that's the problem. There's three people. Like you can't, <laughs> I'm saying, but you somebody can't, you can't double team three people. We don't have enough. He ain't got enough guys. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, even if it's not double teaming, like you you gotta you gotta focus on the tendencies of some of these guys. And and I mean Clay, you know whether whether it's how you play him off of the pick. How you, I mean, I don't know. You just got to have a competency not to fall for certain shot fakes and, and everything like that. But I'm just saying that you have to make a concentrated effort and you got to be, you, I mean, this, this, is, this is the finals. You have to be skilled and pay attention to detail enough to make life a living hell for one of those guys. And, and I'm, in the, I'm of the opinion that, you know, you, get, you, you take Clay out and you give yourself a legitimate shot in these games. Yes, it's easier said than done, of course. And yeah, you can't just you know double up on Clay and be like, yeah, let that Durant guy shoot. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, that's the challenge that they get paid millions of dollars to 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 address. But um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking that we're at home. If Rodney Hood can get in rhythm, if LeBron can play off the ball, if he's gonna keep playing 48 minutes. Um, he 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 needs to have some action. Uh, I was just thinking about those clips when Kyrie was here. Kyrie would be dominating the ball, the the, the ISO on one end of the floor, and uh, as he went middle, you could get a, a driving LeBron James for Kyrie to dish to, because LeBron had room to you know to be free coming off of the other wing or something like that. Somebody has to be able to get into rhythm, get into the hoop, and hopefully that could be Rodney Hood. I, tell I believe you this I much. just said that. Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, a part of me just died just now. <laughs> I honestly think they need to get Corver more in, involved, honestly. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, JR is just laying eggs. Like, he's laying nothing. I mean, the dude is getting wide open threes he can't hit either. Uh, I mean, he's turning the ball over. He's... Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think you get a little bit more upside with Corver. You know, at least he's he's able to knock down some shots, hopefully, uh, if he gets some opportunities where he may lack a little bit defensively. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of potentially just putting him on clay and just giving him a shot. But at least offensively, you know, you have to you have to be able to score points. And right now, Jr. is just awful. Um, so I think you really, especially going home, you got to give Corver. Um, an opportunity to make some big shots and get that crowd involved. Um, so, you know, I, I look for that. Now, of course, I still don't think it's enough. However, if, if he gets hot or someone – like George Hill had a great second game. Um, I wish he was just a tad bit more efficient from the field. I mean, I think he was 5 for 12, but he had 15 points. And, I mean, honestly, from George Hill, I mean, you can't ask for that much more. Um, like he was aggressive, you know, he was taking the ball to their paint. He was getting fouled. I mean, George Hill did some good things, uh, game two. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Corver get a little bit more involved with this, with this offensive scheme, uh, game three and four. Well, that's, that's just the thing with the, against the Warriors. They know pretty much anybody at this time of the, of the year, they know what you want to run. So they know the plays that they run to get Kyle Corver open. 
Um, and they're going to shut those down immediately. And they've done a good job of stopping that, stopping mm-hmm. those Kevin Love um, and, and Corver pick and rolls. Those have been non-existent in the series. And it's not because they have been running them. It's because the Warriors have shut that off. In the words of uh, Russell Westbrook, shut that S down. So, um, so yeah, I, the Rodney, I'm interested to see how they rotate Rod, Rodney Hood in. Whose minutes does he take? I'm assuming it's going to be it's going to bite into a little bit of Jr's minutes. You're hoping that Rodney at home can get a little bit of um, a little bit of that Utah spirit in him um, on both ends of the court. Um, I just really hope he wants to play. That's that's what I'm <laughs> excited about. <laughs> I hope that he he wants. Uh, yeah, I hope <laughs> I hope on t- on uh, Wednesday he didn't wake up and say, "Coach, you know, I'm just not loose." Uh, put Jose in. I ain't got it today, so we'll see. Um, oh, but yeah, I, I, they definitely did do that. I, I love the way you know Kevin. I, I wish Kevin was more efficient, but he's giving you buckets. He's give, he's getting on the boards. He's actually not doing terrible on those switches. I mean, the one switch he comes out on Curry forces Curry to kind of lose his dribble, and then Curry hits that just Insane. ridiculous forty-five foot fadeaway that. As soon as it left his hand, I think everybody, even I, was like, "That's going in!" Yep. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like when that's happening, they did everything they were supposed to do. They helped, forced Curry b- f- further back, lost his dribble, shot clock right, and he still hits the shot. It's like, what, what, what can you do? You know. So I don't, man. I don't, defensively, I just don't know what they, what adjustments they can make, or what they can do to fix things. Um. Yeah, I just, man, this is this is tough. I, this is why I'm not an NBA coach. I just be looking at guys like, look, y'all, um, man, this is tough. So LeBron, just see, can you score a hundred points today? That'd be great. hundred points. Come on, Wilt. A hundred points, twenty rebounds, uh, thirty-seven assists. We'll see. Golly, I think, I think that's enough to win. I mean, and that's the other thing. Like the the narrative then becomes, well, after game two, well, LeBron didn't do enough. Yeah, 29-9-13. Yep. That's, that's Obviously, it's not enough for this team because they, unless somebody else really steps up. I mean, the last game, it was just LeBron, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and George Hill in double figures. Yep. And everybody else was ice cold. Um, yep. And so you need you need Jr. to give you something. You need Kyle Korver. You need to you need to sneak some points from Larry Nance. You need Jeff Green to do better than six points. Yes. Um, <clears throat> now the good thing is that is at home. Jeff Green plays better. Jr. shoots much better. Um, I was looking at the I was I was looking at some numbers for Kyle Korver. I think he shoots thirty four percent on the road, and it's he shoots like fifty four percent from three at home. Wow. Um, JR comes up to nearly 40%. Kevin Love up to nearly 40% at home. Um, George Hill comes up uh, around 36 or 38% at home. So the guys are going to shoot better. Um, we just need all that to happen at once because the Warriors, like like we saw in this last game, when Steph's rolling, when KD's rolling, and Clay Thompson, and then you get help from JaVale McGee. I mean, Draymond Green only had six points. Yep. Um, excuse me, five points. He shot and so when you have Javale, yeah, he was what? Was, let me see, two of well, he only shot four shots, two of four from the field, zero of two from three. Um, but he had five points. But then you get twelve from Javale, you get ten from Sean Livingston, and they both didn't miss. I mean, that, they both didn't miss. Yeah, yeah. 
So the Cavs need to, to steal some points here or there, um, and they need LeBron to to be superhuman. I mean, that's the only way they're going to win this series is that LeBron has to be superhuman. Um, and it man, it sucks they wasted that 51-point game. Yep. It really does. Because yep. as great as LeBron is, that doesn't happen. <clears throat> That 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 didn't happen three to four times in the series, especially against this team. Um, so man, so we'll see, we'll see what um, you guys want to revise your predictions. I said Warriors in three. I think I'm gonna stick with it. I'm sticking with my Warriors in five, um, man. Cavs get one. I'm sticking with my Cavs in seven. Listen, I just want to say I, I'm I refer back to I think it was Game Three against Boston. I would rather. A LeBron game of, of, of 30, 35, and we get six guys in double figures and some contributions for some others. Because uh, then you got guys in rhythm. Um, they're, they're getting offense. They're they're playing harder defense. Um, you know, you got to get some minutes from Jetty Osmond. You got to throw in uh, what's it in baseball. You throw in the pinch hitter that people don't know his hot zones and where he likes the ball and try and get some, try and get some surprise points out of him. Um, but I mean, T. Lou has to get creative. This this can't be coaching like you used to. Uh, this ain't the Eastern Conference, and these cats ain't Toronto. You you gotta you gotta do some stuff that they're not expecting. So I don't know. Um, Clarkson got Clarkson to have fifteen his next game. You said what now? Yeah, Jordan's gonna he he's gonna score about fifteen this next game. Jo- Michael Jordan? No. <laughs> Jordan Jordan Crawford. Oh man, I want, Jordan Bell. I want, Jordan Bell's got fifteen. I want to take up for this cat so bad, but yeah, I, I got nothing for you, Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say you want to put some money on that. I will gladly put some money on uh, Jordan Clarkson not getting fifty points. I will never earn money that is that useless. <laughs> we'll see. Come on, Cavs. Let's see. let's let's just one game at a time. Let's just focus on game three. Yep. Just focus on game three, you know, and maybe call Kyrie and see how his knees feeling. Um, maybe Larry Nance Jr. can give us some minutes. Austin Carr, can he give us world? What is World Be Free doing right now? Maybe it get his powers back. He said we would get swept, so you know he sure enough did. Man, that hurts. That hurts when it is saying it. That that hurts. Well, did you? Uh, this is sorry. Sorry, podcast listeners, you're about to get random. Did you guys see the show he was on? Was it an NBA TV something? No, it was on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel wasn't it Kimmel? Yeah, I thought it was Kimmel. Oh. Yeah, it was Kimmel. They were doing like a little, um, they did a little game show with him and the original. Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Isaiah yeah. Thomas. The only, the only Isaiah Thomas you recognize. Um, and they did like a little like, they asked uh, the original Isaiah Thomas about current things, and they asked old, uh, new Isaiah Thomas about old things, and to see who in it was, and the reason why he said he was, why he mentioned getting swept is because he was down fifty to nothing in the game. Oh damn! Um, they asked old Isaiah, um, you know, what was the, uh, what's the who who wrote this is America basically, um, and he couldn't come up with it, and then it was like, yeah, I, I got, I know this one. He said, Chance the Rapper. And they're like, no. <laughs> uh, and then, well, you know, he was down 50 to nothing. Then he was like, well, I guess I guess I'm just about to get swept like the Cavs. Mm. So. so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. You can say whatever you want when you're at home. Right. That slow grind. Slow grind. That's That slow grind of your paycheck further and further away from you. Anyway. 
Philly, Twitter, Brian Colangelo. Um, this is once again, we're going to talk about this bizarre story again. The latest twist is that they've uh, hired a firm to take over their. The team has hired a firm to take over their investigation. They're looking to get this resolved as soon as possible, um, possibly this week. Um, in the in the, it looks like it's really focusing on Colangelo and his wife. Um, allegedly, she could possibly be the person behind it. Um, this is going to come to. I, I, I believe this is, this has to come to a resolution soon with free agency starting next month. Finals are going to be over soon, and all the attention of the basketball world is going to be on this story uh, if it's not resolved. So, yep. um, I'll start off with my take. Uh, they they have to fire Brian Colangelo, um, whether it was him or his wife or somebody close to him. They disclosed private medical information. Um, were very critical of current and former players released information that only would have to come from him or somebody very, very close to him. Um, and I don't know if they could get rid of the stench of the scandal and him still be there, especially coming into a pivotal uh, period of free agency. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're going to have to fire him. I think that's going to be the ultimate result. What do you guys think? I agree. I, I don't know how this guy is still employed. Um even though he has taken the Will Smith enemy of the state stance, it says somebody set him up. He's uh, he's flashing messages from his flashlight in uh, in Morse code. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, it, the whole thing is just it, it. It was funny for a second, but then the wife is involved, and it's it's it's, it's getting exhausting quick. So I actually thought that he would have been fired by now, but. Makes sense. I think the Sixers are doing all they can to, you know, to distance themselves from him, uh, make sure that there's no other leaks. Um, yeah. So I think it's a good opportunity to just kind of cover themselves on that back end too. But I, I think you're right. You know, they got to wrap this up before the finals gets wrapped up. Um, hopefully, you know, it, it uh, blows over and news cycles do what they do and people forget. Uh, what it is that went on there because they are after some big fish in free agency this summer and yeah. uh, they cannot afford to have this black eye um, in a day and age where Dan Gilbert has made, I think, players, um, not even just Dan Gilbert, Donald Sterling. Um, and of yeah. course, these are owners, but, you know, just front <clears throat> office men. Um, players are more and more wary of playing or playing for guys who have these issues and some of the stuff that he said about his players just so incriminating that, you know, um, um, these players, you know, they're, they're, they're controlling their destiny a lot more these days. So yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Just fire, just fire the guy, fire the guy, keep the investigation going, fire him, fire Barbara. And, uh, <laughs> and she's not even working for the team, but that's just funny to me. Um, yeah, th- this needs to be resolved a little bit quicker. Listen, conspiracy theory. I'm just putting this out there um, because this is coming from a guy who, you know, roots for a team like the Bengals, who has kept Marvin Lewis after multiple, multiple seasons of not make, not either making the playoffs or not winning the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Could it just be that this guy has some other stuff that you know the team has to be sure? they have 100% evidence on him, or if they don't, that he can leak some other stuff 
you know, some photos, some nudes, some sex tapes, some whatever. <laughs> Who knows? But I'm just saying, like, think about it. Like, who else in their right mind wouldn't be fired yet with the, with all this stuff happening? No matter if he did it, his wife did it, doesn't matter. They'd be fired. Uh, well, I mean, unless he also worked for the Bengals, he may still have a job too. Um, but like, <clears throat> just saying, like, there could be like if he's put if he, his wife, whoever may have been, is putting this stuff out. They may have some stuff where Philly's like, all right, look, we can't, we gotta be, we gotta have hard evidence. Or if not, this dude may have some other stuff that can rip our whole organization apart. Um, so that's what I'm in, in thought of, honestly. Like, okay, this guy still has a job. He's got some stuff. He's got some photos. He got some stuff in iCloud. He got some stuff. He got something. Um, so uh, I'm just like, <clears throat> all right, man, you know. Um, even if his wife does have something to do with it, I feel like he he did it. Like he like told his wife to put it out there, or like, hey babe, do this for me. Whatever, who knows? But I and that's a, again clear conspiracy theory. I just feel like he's got some stuff, and mm. uh, if they're not a hundred percent, they're not going to fire him yet until they they have all their you know ducks in a row. So just me. Keith, Keith said they shaking him down for his infinity stone. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. That's, he should have been fired. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully this gets resolved quickly. Um I think I think uh I think we all pretty much uh think we have a good idea who could slide into that position rather easily <laughs> and who would be more than excited. Shout out to David Griffin, who probably is waiting by his phone as we speak. If he's not already talking to the Sixers, uh, that would be a great situation oh, to just amazing. walk into. <laughs> LeBron, you remember me? <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Let's spend a little bit. We'll spend a little bit of time on this. The Detroit Pistons are looks like they're down to their last two candidates to fill the head coaching job to replace Dan Van Gundy. Uh, former Toronto Raptors coach Dwayne Casey, uh, the the LeBron unstopper, and um, the surprise the surprise one here is Michigan coach John Beeline. Yeah. Um, looks like those are the two finalists for the job. Um, what which which way are you guys leaning? Which one of these hires do you think makes the most sense? I don't know uh, anymore. I don't I don't know if they have a plan. I'm just looking at some of the stuff over time that I've I've got notifications. I mean they were they were looking at hiring Kenny the Jet Smith. Like it's just uh, some of the things that he's interviewed he's interviewed for like three jobs this summer. I don't I feel like they're just messing with Kenny. I I I, I hope so. I love him as a personality, <laughs> but yeah, I mean I I don't know if Detroit knows what they want to do, who they want to be. Um I miss when teams actually have a direction that they want to go in uh, and, and they start looking for candidates to actually feel that. Uh, I'm sorry, Dwayne Casey, man, brother, nothing against you. You do nothing to instill confidence in me <laughs> that you can take that team moving forward. I mean, you get a guy who, who was just talking as much nothing as him and put him with Blake Griffin and – you know, who's still running through the tunnels from Chris Paul. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a situation that just, like I said, just doesn't give me confidence for them moving forward. I think they needed to make a, they need to make a splash and make a hire that, that can really 
attract people, you know, to to Detroit or or I I have no idea. I'm not excited about this. I don't care who they hire. Detroit is gonna be obsolete for another ten years. Yeah, and I'm wow. not a, I'm not a fan of Bayline uh, Bayline. However, they want to call. However, they. Wanna, I wonder why. You know, well, hold on, hold on, easy. Don't don't even go into this this whole Ohio State Michigan thing because honestly, Ohio State hoops has been garbage since you know Conley and all them left. Um, they have flashes and all this type of stuff. But anyways. Um, no, I think he's a good college coach. I just don't think he would be a good pro coach. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, like Michigan always is, is there. Uh, but when's the last time they got the job done under him? Uh, like they solidified Didn't they go to a national championship game a couple years ago. Uh, it was a tra- They went, they went that year with Trey Burke. Did they win? No. Okay. Didn't think so. Um, so only again, one coach, only one coach wins at the end of the day. Keith. Well, I mean, I I, that. that's, that's true. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, <laughs> is that he has a, a way of getting, getting there and falling short. Um, now this Villanova team, of course, I thought was, was head over heels, the best team in the country. However, um, again, I think he's a good college coach. Now he could shock me and come in and do a phenomenal job. You know, and be the next Brad Stevens. I that's doubtful, um, but I, gosh, I don't love either of these two candidates. I think Dwayne Casey would be a good um, assistant, assistant coach. coach. Yeah, yeah, a man. good assistant coach who may be able to put some defensive schemes together. Uh, don't don't try it against LeBron anymore, Dwayne. Um, just just <laughs> give up when it comes to him. Just just admit he's better. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, either of these two coaches could have been good assistant coaches to me in the NBA. Um, but I'm not a fan of either. Only college I'm coaches just, that, that would excite me: uh, Tom Izzo, John Calipari. Oh God, Calipari we've, wouldn't we've excite seen, me at all. I, I was going to say we've seen the John Calipari and how that that ends the same way. That, was, that was a long time ago. I'm, I'm just saying, as far as not even excite me so much, like oh, they're going to be an incredible team, but you know what he would bring to. I mean, and, and honestly, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels like this. Detroit is slipping more and more from relevancy. Um, it was a surprise to think about Blake going there because it's like, man, we don't care about them at all. So I, I don't know. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I, I think I like I like when Detroit is good because it's good to play them. You know, they they play hard ball still. Um, they played the Cavs pretty tough in the playoffs. What was that last year? But uh. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued by the John Beeline. Um, you know, despite Keith's scathing review of John Beeline. Oh, it wasn't scathing. I'm gets... just saying I don't believe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about him at the well, pro you level. Can't, no, you you were about to say I don't believe him. You can't be like it's not scathing. I just don't believe it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm not sure about the pro level, college level. Okay, you know he, he could get the, your team to the final four and all, but I'm saying in the pro level, I just don't see it. So I'm intrigued by John Beeline because at the college level, he gets the best out of two and three star recruits. Um, you know, he's not necessarily getting those top end guys, no. and he isn't necessarily looking for those guys. Even when he was at West Virginia, he got. You know, the most out of two and three stars and even, you know, the occasional four star and maximizing them um, and his and his he's done it a lot of different ways. Um, you look at uh, the year they went to the national championship game with Trey Burke. They had a, a, a good point guard and then some good 
They had, I believe, Tim Hardaway Jr. might have been on that team. Karis LeVert might have been a freshman on that team. Um, they did it with guards. This year, they did a little bit more with some bigger guys. Um, so I think he could tailor his system to the talents he has. He maximizes talent. I don't know if either one of these guys is the right coach. I don't know if anyone is the right coach for the Pistons because their their roster is really flawed. But um, Dwayne Casey, I agree, is just like not not interesting to me at all. Um, I still think he's a good coach, but he's just not interesting to me. So we'll see. We've talked entirely too much about the Pistons today. Um, but we are going to switch gears a little bit to the NFL and talk about what's going on at the White House. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles were supposed to make their visit to the White House in honor of their Super Bowl win. But at the last minute, the White House canceled the trip. Terrible. Uh, Terrible. Hearing, some, hearing some conflicting stories, the White House is saying that the Eagles tried to change the day of the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eagles saying that's not true. Um, they're saying the White House canceled for other reasons. Um, it looks like basically, um, I believe Adam Schefter reported that the Eagles submitted a list of players that would be there and none of the black players, um, were coming. Um, and we already know Chris Long, who is not black, was not going. Um, and there, there appears to be some discrepancy, um, between the White House and the Eagles about making certain assurances about the national anthem protest. So I'm just going to open up the floor for everybody to kind of give their thoughts on this. This is another one of those weird, just weird stories that you can't believe is happening in 2018. But how do you guys feel about this? Man, Malcolm, I, um, I just like, I'm with LeBron, honestly, like, honestly, who at this point, who wants an invitation from Donald J. Trump? Like who really, who really does? I mean, it was a a like historic moment, even for people who were probably Republicans to go to the office to meet Barack Obama. Like, I mean, to meet Clinton. Heck, I mean, even George W. Bush. Um, mm-hmm. But but Donald J. Trump. I mean, regardless of what some believe he's doing financially for you know for America, like is despised by most. Um, I mean, even Republicans who are just like, I wish he would just shut up. I wish he would, you know, start loving people, whatever. Like no one wants, not too many people want to go and see him anyways. I honestly think that the White House was offended that most people wouldn't want to go there. You know, like, oh yeah, we could have maybe 20 people show up. Like, that's about it. Like, because no one wants to meet him, period. Um, and, and And then, of course, with this whole piece on this, this national anthem and all that, like players definitely don't want to meet him for the most part because players already, a lot of them already felt like the NFL didn't have their back. And then of course the commander in chief going out on the limb of course and saying, Oh, well the NFL got it right. Um, yeah. It's just like, at the end of the day, it's, it's at, it's at the point where it's like, who cares? Like, okay, I didn't want to go anyways. Um, I guarantee you the next NBA champion who, regardless of who it is, will not be there to go and, and visit Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Um, so it's just, it's a sad thing because, you know, that's that was one of those moments as an athlete, like, man, not only do you get a ring, but you get to go and meet the president at the White House. You know, that's a historic, historic moment. Um, and that will be tarnished until Donald J. Trump leaves office. So I'm just, I'm just like, man, you know, like, 
I'm over, I'm, I've been over the guy anyways, but um, it should really speak volumes that like no one wants to come and meet you. Like it should really speak volumes to you as the commander in chief that people don't want to come and even shake your hand. That's all I got to say. Yep, yep, yep. I'd uh, I'd, I'd echo Keith's sentiments. Um, the part that got really despicable to me was um, after saying after rescinding their uh, their invite to the Eagles, there was something. Oh, instead, you know, come and celebrate the. Uh, the brave soldiers who who you know fight for our country and we're going to make this a a thing to celebrate veterans just kind of further muddy in the water for those who have not yeah. been keeping score these protests never had anything to do with veterans nope um you know mm-hmm. the standing or, or or not i don't know kneeling during the national anthem had nothing to do with any anybody who fought for the country or patriotism or anything um the main message is i can't support or I can't, you know, in good conscience, talk about how great this country is with the state of the some of the race relations, uh, police brutality, and some of the other things that are plaguing the country. And um, the fact that he's still on mission uh, to change the conversation, man, I, I hope we see tunnels full of players, black, white, and, and otherwise, um, you know, come the season, hopefully starting in preseason, man. Um, uh, I just I don't know the fact that this this president is still throwing temper tantrums, um, I'm still you know, tweeting about about people and players and stuff like that. It's just it's old news, but yeah, um, I, I just I don't know. I, I hope at some point people snap out of thinking that you know that this this is about something that it's not. And I understand that people are just kind of, you know, taking it and running with it, trying to capitalize on it as much as possible. Um, but at some point, you got to see, hey, what are they trying to stop us from seeing um, by way of changing the conversation? And so I, I'm ready for that to happen. Honestly, fellas, like, I, I don't want to talk anymore about Trump or, or any of this stuff. I'm ready for people to start realizing, you know, the wool's been pulled over our eyes. There's a conversation that this this conversation is only purpose to keep us from having the real the real talk, mm-hmm. and I uh, just want people to wise up and, and see that. Yeah, I mean the the president has sent a clear message. You disagree with me? I don't want you at the White House. Um, and that's an unfortunate message to be to be sharing at this time, um, especially for players that have no intention of disrespecting the flag or being unpatriotic. Um, and like you said, it's, it's changing the cover. It's trying to change the conversation. And then I don't know if you guys saw the video, um, from the actual ceremony they had at the white house, they did God bless America and cameras on Donald Trump. And he didn't even know the words. Of course not. Um, and, uh, the, there's even a guy at the ceremony who took a knee, um, when they were seeing God bless America. So shouts out to that guy, whoever you are. Um, that's a dangerous place to do that, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that somebody was that somebody was there and willing to do that. But just another another lack, another show that the that the First Amendment only matters for some people and not for everyone else, and that is truly unfortunate. But I, like I talked about last week, I I'm a, I believe that the players are going to come out in a strong way. Um, if we know anything about NFL players, they're fraternity, and um, they came out. 
pretty unanimously together after the uh, the president came out and called them SOBs and things like that. And I expect them to come out pretty strongly, um, at least the first couple weeks of the season to prove a point. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Last thing, last thing we'll cover before we get to our final thoughts. There are some pretty big names remaining on in NFL free agency. Um, here's just to name a few: Des Bryant, wide receiver; Jeremy Macklin, right, wide receiver; Demarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, both running backs; Antonio Gates at tight end; Navarro Bowman, linebacker; Dominique Rogers, Camardi, Cromarty, excuse me, cornerback; Eric Decker, wide receiver. Um, we're still quite a bit a ways away from camp's opening, um, believe in August, or excuse me, mid-July. So not, not that far away. Um, so if we take Des Bryant off this list, cause I think he would be the obvious choice, but of the other players on this list, which one are you ex- uh, most surprised by that they're still available right now at this point of free agency? Uh, for me, it's Jeremy Macklin, um, I don't think that he is, you know, by any means this like stud receiver. Uh, but I mean, he is a guy who can definitely make plays, who could definitely be a good second, third option. Um, you know, made some pretty big plays for Baltimore. You know, even though Baltimore really struggled last year. Um, so you know, for me, it would be Macklin because I think he still has some weapons to bring. Uh, to, you know, some offenses that may need some receiver help, a.k.a. Carolina Panthers, um, Mm. you know, some of those other teams that, you know, now that the Cowboys don't have Des Bryant, um, that could could benefit from his services. So outside of Des, I think he's the one that's surprising to me. Um, Yeah, I mean, hearing you talk about uh, uh, Eric Decker, that's that's a name that that sticks out. You start talking about veteran guys that you know can operate in the slot. Um, you know who, who can really get under and uh, and and make some things happen. But uh, yeah, I mean honestly, I won't say I'm too surprised to hear some of these names. Um, uh, for some reason, Eric Reed I thought would would have been signed somewhere. Um, Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know, as I as I look at the rest of it, you know, I mean, there, there's nobody who bowls me over. Um, I'm of course curious to see where AP lands, and if he lands anyway. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, he sticks out to me. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, we all know it's we all know what's going on there. Yeah, but I mean, between um, yeah, those are really the only names. DRC, I kind of want to see what happens with uh with Dominic Rogers Cromartie. Um, you know, he was, he's still, he's still a viable guy. Um, I would expect him to get, you know, some type of deal somewhere. These are guys that I, I think you, you, you see contenders. I want to see, I want to see who the Patriots are going to pick up out of these guys on this list. I'm just be honest with you. They're going to pick up somebody <laughs> who we thought was going was gonna to be on the decline and turn them into somebody <laughs> incredible. DeMarco Murray is going to rush for 2000 yards this season. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll be curious to see how things round out um, and see, you know, what these guys take um, and, and, and who really, uh, who reaches out to them. Cause I think there's some quality talent that's still left. Yeah, man, I'm not surprised yeah, about Decker, man. Decker was garbage, honestly, the last, like, oh, especially last year. He was horrible. So I was like, I will never forgive him. I picked him up one week in fantasy football. I needed him to give me one point. This dude dropped a goose egg. 
I am still <clears throat> livid about Decker, honestly. So I am not surprised. Honestly, he could go unsigned for all I care. I'm just, I'm just a little bitter, y'all. Excuse me. Anyways, Malcolm, what were you saying? And like, he, he had Martin surgery, Bruce. right? Decker. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he may have. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but. Uh. Yeah. Mark. Marvin Lewis, if you want to make one Bagels fan happy, sign Eric Decker. Bet, oh, I swear to gosh. With Jeremy Macklin still on the board, he better not sign no Decker, man. Oh, my goodness. I would be living. Yeah. DRC is the is the one that I look at. I mean, you can't have enough corners in this league. Um, I, expected, I expect a lot of these guys to come off the board as we get closer to camp. Um I think Antonio Gates is going to go back to the Chargers. They lost their starting tight end for the season with the torn Hunter ACL, Henry. I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they re-sign him. Um, and Navarro Bowman, he, yeah. he obviously had that, that really bad knee injury in San Francisco. Didn't play great in Oakland last year. But you got to believe that he had something left in the tank. Um, he was such a good linebacker for the 49ers. Uh, back when Harbaugh was there with him, uh, Patrick Willis, um, Alden Smith, you know, that was a stat linebacking group. And uh, Navarro Bowman was a big piece of that. So um, I'm sure a lot of these guys will come off the board, but we'll see. Still a lot of offseason left. Um, we're almost to the end of our show, but it's to one of our favorite parts of the show. Our closing words. Keith, we're going to start with you. What are your parting words this evening uh lebron man ah, shout out to you like my favorite basketball player man i was like heartbroken for you game one um you poured your heart and soul into that game and uh you were literally seconds away from you know really stealing an important game um god you know i just wish you could bring one more to cleveland uh but Shout outs to you, man. You have balled. You're the finals MVP thus far, uh, without even put you know, potentially without even winning. Uh you are still the man. Uh so uh yeah, that's my shout outs. Goes to LeBron. Um Yeah. And uh shout outs to the Eagles, especially uh Malcolm Jenkins, who, you know, wrote his his uh dissertation, if you will, about why they did not go and what that means and why there's you know what they're doing for the community and all so um he did not back down after the white house came out with their with their uh press release so shout outs to him for standing strong uh and uh continue to try to fight to make a difference good words ian parting words uh i want to not be on a somber note but uh, just prayers up for Guatemala um, and the volcano eruption. That's uh, that's really wreaked havoc, killed sixty-two people thus far. Man, just see some of these um, some of these images captured are heartbreaking. Um, rattle you to your core uh, to see a man and 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 three children look like they were suffocated by ash and 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 just covered right where they lay. Um, so hey. Everybody, um, um, take value of the fact that you're still living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put aside some of this petty stuff. That's why some of these issues we talked about with the president and stuff. You just, you got to put life in perspective, man. Uh, we got to be praying for Guatemala. Um, get active in some of the efforts to help there. Doesn't matter if you think people should have left. Some of the stuff that I'm seeing people say, but um, 
uh, yeah, tragedy strikes and uh, and the world needs to be ready to love um, when it does. So shouts out and prayers up. For sure. For sure. For sure. Definitely. God, Keith, uh, Keith and Ian are always so serious with theirs. And I, <laughs> I, have, I got some, you know, good fun ones. Like the t- last two weeks, I had like really fun ones planned and I couldn't go all the way. I had to do WNBA twice. So you guys are killing me with this. <laughs> all the serious stuff. Uh I'm going to give my shout-out to Kyler Murray, um, projected to be the starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners this year. But he also got drafted number nine overall in the Major League Baseball draft by the Oakland A's. Um, Just to give you guys a little math lesson, the ninth pick, um, when they sign their contract, are scheduled to make over $4.7 million um, in that first contract. And he has reiterated, and the University of Oklahoma, as well as the A's have, reiterated that he does plan on playing football this fall um with the Sooners so he will be in the Crimson and Cream at least this year shout out shout out to him for being I mean a top flight athlete um to get drafted in the the Major League Baseball be a five-star recruit football and be a starting quarterback that's that's a lot and to leave that much money on the table at least even if it's just for a little while um is a pretty big deal I'm excited about seeing him in the Crimson and Cream this year um, he is a really talented quarterback. I'm excited about seeing him play. But shout out to him. Great athlete, great Sheesh. kid. Um, yep. you know, hopefully after this year bring home another Heisman Trophy and National Championship to Norman and you can go play in the in the major leagues too. So hey. Man, we just praying that a, he don't get hurt, man. That that an injury doesn't blow, you know, four oh my, oh my four gosh. million dollars. You know, that would be oh the worst gosh. thing. That's honestly what I'm that's my only concern. Like go and ball out, well, he brother. Can, but man, he can he he can actually sign the contract, mm-hmm. and but he can only play this year. Um, so he can technically still sign the contract, and I'm sure there's all kind of insurance claims and things like that that can take it out. But um, now, I'm you, sure they'll deal with all. Uh-huh. Well, what, what position is he? Uh, was he drafted as? Uh, center field. Yeah, so outfield. Yeah. So that means he must have some power to the bat too. Man. Um, I mean, looking at his stats, he he batted cleanup for the uh for the Sooners baseball team last year. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, pulling up his stats, he hit two ninety six, ten home runs, forty seven RBIs, and ten stolen bases. So even if not a whole lot of power, he he, he drives in runs. Yeah. But he's nice. fast. I mean, he's. Sheesh. I mean, there's there's a play. I believe it was in the Kansas game um, against Oklahoma where he started for Baker after. Um, I think he showed up late to a practice or a class or something, and they suspended him. He ran first play of the game, read option, runs straight up the middle, eighty-seven yards, uh, gets tackled at the at the three-yard line. But he get, he just blows. I mean, he, people had angles on him. He just destroyed them. Wow. Um, this, wow. He's he's going to be a problem next year. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that in our college football preview coming up uh, probably in August. Da-da-da-da. Um, <laughs> tease that kids it's a professional tease um so thank you guys for listening to another exciting episode of the three in one podcast joining us from cleveland ohio it's the kyle corver of the podcast give it up for international ian lamont morgan i'm not feeling that but i love kyle Cavs and seven <laughs> Cavs and seven oh geez and joining us from the nasty natty the kevin love of the podcast Keith Turner Jr. Hey, 
I'm just hoping Kevin Love can give me 30 tomorrow. That's it. That'd be big. And you already know who it is. It's your boy Malcolm Morgan here in the capital city. I'm still sticking with the Warriors in three. Thank you guys for listening to the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.